around four and a half foot tall or around six foot tall. Okay. The largest and, handwritten Bible. And presumably that last length you're saying is like the depth of pages. It's the thickness, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Could you, could you give me them one more time, please? Okay. A, two foot nine inches by one foot 11 inch wide by one foot six inches deep. B, four foot five inches tall by two foot wide by one foot 11 inches deep. Or C, six foot tall by four inches, by four foot wide, sorry, by two foot four inches deep. Whew, it's a lot of numbers. Yeah, man, good work. I, I think any of these would be quite an undertaking. Mm. But uh, go big or go home, I'm going to go with the largest one. <laughs> so I'm going to say it's C, the, the, the six footer. Nice. That would be a particularly impressive handwritten Bible. But I'm afraid the right answer is actually A, a disappointing, is it? you might say, uh. two foot nine <laughs> inches tall. Yeah, well, if you're going to write out the whole Bible, then I, yeah, I guess, you know. Unless that's a, that's they, a tough one. Unless they have huge handwriting, which is what I was wondering <laughs> if maybe it was a sort of, uh, you know, particularly big. Yeah, I mean, they must have to write quite large because if they wrote in like normal font size, then it would be largely empty, right? So they must yeah. have to kind of yeah. write quite big. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, that is a good point. Or, or it would have like four pages, but it'd be that yeah. big, but with four pages. Um <laughs> So, yeah, I'm just putting it out there, Kieran, because this is a good... I mean, I'm impressed. Don't get me wrong. I'm not trying to diss their largest handwritten Bible. But I think this is one you can break, Kieran. So, uh, <laughs> just put it out there. <laughs> me? Okay. Absolutely. Okay, well, I, th I think you've got this one in the bag. I'll clear a bit of time at weekends <laughs> for the next few months. Yeah. And we'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Nice. Well, number two is Bibles printed, sold, and distributed. Although it's impossible to obtain exact figures, there is little doubt that the Bible is the world's best-selling and most widely distributed book. Recent mm. estimates put the number of copies that were printed between 1815 and 1975 at more than A. 2.5 billion, B. 5 billion, or C. 10 billion. How many Bibles mm. do you think were printed and distributed between 1815 and 1975 2.5 5 or 10 billion yeah and we're talking about a period of uh, about sorry it's about 150 years 160 <laughs> did i hear you years. right 160 years okay yeah. okay so in that length of time and with the way that the the population has grown uh -huh. i suppose in the world uh but would it be as many as 10 billion? Was that the top one? That's Sorry. the top one, yeah. So 2.5 billion, yeah. 5 billion, or 10 billion? I'm going to hedge my bets, and I'm going to go with the middle one and say it's five. Mm, middle, middle ground safety. Well, mm, Kieran, mm. a wise choice. It is 5 billion. <laughs> Good job. Okay. Whoop, whoop. Okay. Nice. Well nice. done. One and one. Number three. You ready? Yep. Most expensive painting depicting religion. <laughs> the most expensive painting depicting a religious scene is Adoration of the Magi by Andrea Manchegna. Other pronunciations are available. 1431 <laughs> to 1506. 
<laughs> it was, was <laughs> thank you. It was sold at Christie's London, UK, on the eighteenth of April, nineteen eighty-five, for nine hundred thousand pounds, which is one point one three one million dollars. Seven point five million pounds, which is nine point five million dollars, or three hundred million pounds, which is three hundred seventy-seven million dollars. So, a little under a million, seven point five million, or three hundred million. And when was it sold, sorry? 1985. And did you say how old the painting is? The painter lived between 1431 and 1506. Ah, well, in that case, I'm going to go large and I'm going to say it's the 300 million figure because I'd imagine this painting is very, very old. Very old. Well, Kieran, you are incorrect, I'm afraid. It was 7.5 million. 300 million pounds is, in fact, the amount that the most expensive painting ever sold was sold at auction. Ah, is that right? It was indeed. Well, shows you what I know about art. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, that's still just an insane amount of money, let's be honest. Yes, absolutely. You're doing well, though, and I have high hopes for you getting the next one right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We are talking about the shortest papal reign. Pope Stephen II was elected on the 24th of March, 752, following the death of Pope Zacharias, who reigned 741 to 752. Pope Stephen then died, A, 23 days later, B, 11 days later, or C, (laughs) two days later. So the shortest time a person was a pope. Was it two days, 11 days, or 23 days? Um, well, w- with no with no ill will towards Pope Stephen. Sorry, was that his name? Pope Stephen II, yep. Pope Stephen II. I mean, it would be absolutely incredible if it was two days, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm going to go with that. <laughs> While, you know, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not wishing that on him. Well, I mean, whatever the answer is, it's already temporal, happened. <laughs> in some sort of bizarre temporal fluctuation. Uh, but, but I'm going to go with two days, just because that would be... Uh, just incredible. Well, Kieran, you are absolutely correct. Well done. It was two days. <laughs> it is two days. Yep. Wow. Wow. Yeah, he was. He's Man. the shortest pontificate that has ever, uh, ever been. Mm. Although all the I others wonder... were real answers. Um, pope Leo right. the Ninth <laughs> um, was pope for eleven days. Pope Urban the Seventh, twelve days. Marcellus the Second, twenty days. Uh, Jean Paul the wow. first twenty three days, Pius the second twenty six days, so huh. all very short yeah. papal reigns. Absolutely, I wonder. I wonder whether Stephen Mark II was already unwell, or whether this just came totally out of the blue. It'd be fascinating to fascinating to know. Oh, but um, that's one for your homework. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, you're doing great. Two and two. It all comes down to this, and it is okay. The most people baptized. <laughs> the, okay. The most people baptized was achieved by Iglesia Ni Cristo, Church of Christ, Philippines, in Bulacan, Philippines, on the 7th of September 2019. Participants completed 25 biblical lessons and attended worship services for a minimum of six months as, six months as per Iglesia Ni Cristo's requirements before being deemed eligible for baptism and allowed to participate in the attempt. They mm. baptized... 3,314 people. That was A. 
be 18,272 people? Or C, 29,412 people? On the 7th of September, 2019. All on one day. All on one day. So 3,314 yeah. or 18,272 or 29,412. You know, Michael, I'm, I'm not very good at picturing large numbers of things (laughs) be they people or anything else in which case this this game is uh, right up your alley (laughs) uh, yeah yeah. well it's gonna be this one particularly i feel is gonna be tricky because i for example i have no idea on average how many people you can fit into a stadium Mm, in one go mm. um but i'm gonna go with just for just for fun for (laughs) just a just a just a, a wild stab in the dark. Uh-huh. I'm going to say it's the the second one, eighteen thousand ish. Well, Kieran, you are absolutely correct. It was eighteen thousand two hundred seventy-two wow. people. Okay. Well done. Okay. Oh, round of applause. Uh, round it of seemed applause. it seemed reasonable somehow, but I had no idea why. <laughs> well, very very well done. I'm very impressed because if you think about it, right, you just got three out of five correct, which is a winning score in anyone's book. But also, yeah. when you've got one of three answers, I mean, on average, you're only going to get one third of the questions right. So you've really smashed out of the park. Mm. Well, thanks, man. Thank you. And I must say, I'm very much feeling like, uh, obviously, this is not, it's not, it's, well, I guess it is a contest in a way because we're playing competitive games. But uh, while uh, you and I are not overtly competing mm-hmm. to come up with the best games, I do feel like I need to up my game game. (laughs) (laughs) Because these last two games have been just fantastic and meticulously researched. And um, yeah, I I thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm glad you enjoyed it. And that's, you know, I put the work in because you're my bestest buddy and I want you to have fun. Oh, mate. Well, you know I love you too, but get ready for disappointment. (laughs) Because here here comes my game. (laughs) I expect nothing less. So, Michael, my game for you today is, well, I, I think this probably goes by a few different names, mm-hmm. this game. I think I've heard this called Who Am I? Who Am I? Uh, basically, I am going to give you a series of statements mm-hmm. about certain people in the Bible, uh-huh. and they're going to start vague and get more specific. Oh, cool. And basically, I just want you to guess who I'm talking about Okay. as early as you can. So there are four statements for each of these four people, uh-huh. and they start vague, they get more specific. I just want you to tell me, who are they? And our theme is Bible baddies. Ooh. So, and antagonists from scripture, they're not necessarily, you know, they don't all necessarily, uh, some of them perhaps have a change of heart, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. others... Uh, are baddies to the end, <laughs> but um, they really double down on the baddiness. Uh, yeah, yeah. But biblical antagonists. I've got four of them for you, nice. and I'm going to read you four statements about this first one. Okay, Sounds so like here fun. we go. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I, you know, you know me, Michael. I'm all about the journey mm-hmm. with games, yep. not the destination. So I shouldn't guess uh, after the first one. But, is what you're saying. <laughs> That's what I was going to say is that yes, if we were going to play this properly, uh, which I'm lo- which I'm loath to do because I don't really like competition very uh-huh. much. But if we're going to play this properly, then I should really give you one guess for each of these. Right. In which case, uh, well, let's do it. 
four points if you get it on number one. Okay. One point if you get it on number four. Okay. How about that? Yeah, great. Yeah? Should we do that? That sounds good to me. Okay. First one. Statement number one. Mm-hmm. I was a great ruler of a foreign nation. Foreign in this context being not Jewish. <laughs> mm. And great. I was a great ruler of a foreign nation. And great meaning um, like powerful or great meaning like good uh powerful powerful or famous yeah not not i wouldn't say good necessarily that's not the connotation i meant i was thinking more like uh famous slash infamous Mm. or powerful influential i mean i have a a guess obviously i have no idea because it could be anybody (laughs) but um yeah yeah my guess would be nebuchadnezzar you know babylonian ruler who okay but and do you are you guessing now or oh, do I only get one guess no matter statements? what happens? I thought I was getting four guesses through the whole question. If I only get oh, one well, actually, guess yeah, at all, yeah, then I'm no, not no, guessing now because I don't know. Sorry, this, this is bad uh, gamemanship on my part, <laughs> if that's a thing. I think because we've said points, then yeah, I guess... Uh, I guess you get multiple guesses. No, let's 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 but do it the way you but, intended. But, but, I'll but only you, take one you... guess and I'll only guess when I feel like I'm certain. How about that? Okay. Okay. So, so oh, that's okay, not right. my guess. Sure. I'm not certain. Sure. I don't know who it is, so I'm not guessing that. Okay. Okay. All right. All right. Sure. So number two, mm-hmm. I had disturbing dreams. Oh. Okay. So I'm I'm gonna say I'm thinking it's like maybe Pharaoh, or it could still be Nebuchadnezzar potentially. Okay. Um, but I'm not guessing yet because yeah. I'm not confident. <laughs> Okay, sure, sure. Number three, a servant of the Lord was sent to interpret my dreams. Okay, I mean, it doesn't really give me any more information than the previous one. No, it doesn't. So That was rather devious so of me, I'm, wasn't it? I'm still going to... I mean, I'm, st- <laughs> I'm still feeling Nebuchadnezzar, but I'm going to wait for the fourth question. Okay, okay. Okay, man. Well, the fourth one is, eventually my heart changed and I praised God. Well, again, more difficult, but my final guess is going to be Nebuchadnezzar. You're absolutely right. It was Nebuchadnezzar. I should have went for the guess on the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, listeners, you may have picked this up. There's a little peek behind the curtain here. But what I was trying to do, come in close, listeners, let me tell you. Don't let Michael hear this. What I was trying to do. Put my fingers in my ears. What I was trying to do was to get Michael to think that it was Pharaoh. (laughs) But it was actually Nebuchadnezzar all along. Um, Listeners. Okay. Listeners. Listeners, come in close. (laughs) Don't don't let Kieran's laughing put you off. I just want to tell you a secret. I uh, I knew it was Nebuchadnezzar from the very start. And (laughs) Kieran has no hope of tricking me. I'm not listening. <laughs> okay, I'm finished. I'm finished uh, talking to listeners, Kieran. You can, you can. All right, oh, great. Okay, thanks, man. Thanks. <laughs> We've been doing this for a long time, <laughs> for many, many hours. That's getting cut because that was funny. Go. <laughs> okay, second person. Mm-hmm. Statement number one. I was a farmer who kept livestock. Ooh. Well, that narrows it down. <laughs> 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 yeah there's only a cu- maybe a couple of those in the yeah. bible 
Okay, my my instinct, my my instinct. Yeah. I'm going. I, I think listeners. I think Kieran's gone for someone vague. Um, I think he's he's trying to trick me into thinking it's going to be someone famous, and this is not my guess. But I'm straight off the bat. I'm thinking it's Laban. That's what I'm thinking. That's just mm. my instinct. It's just how I feel. It's probably mm. not that, but I'm not guessing that yet. Okay, Kieran, we're ready for the for the next. Sorry, one. Michael. Who who are you talking to? Oh, okay, you're you're back. All right, all right. Okay, great. <laughs> Number statement number two, I was jealous of my brother. Okay, all right. Now is he doing the same thing last time, and he's trying to make <laughs> me think that it's Cain and Abel, uh, but he's actually trying to trick me. I'm going to wait for the third question. Uh, I, 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 I am in the room, you know. Yeah, well, why don't you talk to me instead of about <laughs> me? Eh? <laughs> so rude. Always rude. <laughs> <laughs> okay, statement number three. The Lord rejected my offering to him. Okay. Yeah, go for go for number three. I mean number four. I, I uh, the last. You you want yeah you want number four. Mm-hmm. Number four. I killed my brother <laughs> and tried to hide it from the Lord. Okay, I see. I see what's happened here. Um, <laughs> I, I thought you were trying to trick me into thinking that it wasn't Cain, um, and then it was Cain. So I'm going to go with Cain, Kieran. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely right, my friends. Absolutely right. Ah, tricks. Well done. Hobbits. <laughs> All right, person number three. Statement one. You may spot a pattern here. Mm-hmm. Statement one. I was a farmer in the uh, Bible. Yeah, yeah, I was a farmer. <laughs> Statement number one. I married a king and became very influential. Mm. Okay. I mean, straight off the bat, I'm thinking Esther. Who isn't thinking Esther right now, right? That's what he wants me to think, though, isn't it? So let's have question number two. Question number two. I led my husband to worship idols. Mm, you see. Statement number two, rather. I led my husband to worship idols. Question number two. <laughs> that was it, phrased as a question. But it's actually a statement. Okay. So I'm going to go with, I would like the next one, please. Okay. Statement number three. I persecuted the prophets of the Lord. I've got some thoughts, but I'm just going to let you... Uh... Let you let yeah. go. Do you want to air those thoughts, or are you gonna are you gonna keep your uh, your thoughts close to your chest <laughs> until number four? Do you want to tell? Do you well, want to have I a mean, moment with the listeners? Well, <laughs> and and okay. I'll go. I'll go over there. Okay, listeners. Uh, you know. Okay, I'm I'm going. Okay, I'm away. Bye. Okay. I'm off. So give me a shout when you're when okay, you're done. Yeah, sh- sh- so I mean, I know that Jezebel like instituted worship of. Baal and Asherah and that was bad and that she was like she really killed a lot of prophets but I'm gonna wait and see what the last question is because if it's like I died by being thrown out of a window then I'm gonna guess Jezebel so that's that's where we're at okay Kieran we're ready you can come back okay in okay I'm back what what number did we get to what have we uh, done we've, we've Num- did we do number yeah, three yeah. Okay. Number four, mm-hmm. I died when I was pushed out of a window. 
<laughs> okay, okay. I feel confident about this one. Um, feel a yeah. little bit silly again. <laughs> I didn't guess sooner, but um, I'm going to go with Jezebel. Well, the listeners and I have been talking, and we feel like it's Jezebel. <laughs> well, you and the listeners are very clever because that's absolutely right. Yes. Well Woo-hoo. done. Success. Good, good stuff. Good stuff. All right. Finally, mm-hmm. our fourth and final Bible baddie. Mm-hmm. Statement number one. I refused to help the king of Israel by giving him provisions. Mm-hmm. I have an idea here, but, but we're happy to, we're happy to have uh, the next one. Okay. Statement number two. My wife gave him the king of Israel provisions without my knowing. Um, yeah, still, still happy to have the third one, I think. Okay, number three. When I found out I had a heart attack or stroke, it's not very clear <laughs> <laughs> from scripture, but I died suddenly in response to the news. <laughs> um, okay. I think I'm going to, you know, I actually am not genuinely all joking aside. This is not ringing massively large bells. I think it speaks to, again, my need for a greater biblical literacy. Um, so, <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm right with you on that, my friend, because I, I think uh, I might have struggled with this one too. So, um, yeah. I, although although uh, I have, as I mentioned in a previous episode, I think I've lost track now. Uh, my church have just gone through First Samuel, and this is where this uh, particular story comes up. Mm. But if you uh, if you would like number four, I can give you number four. I think I'm going to need it for sure. Sure. My name means fool. Okay. This is a more obscure one. Uh, this is probably well, it is the most obscure one of of the of the quiz. So. Yeah. Um... <laughs> But listeners, maybe maybe you know, listening at home. It's a hard one. Uh, it's a hard one. Yeah. I Channel your thoughts back in time okay. into Michael's mind. No, we're not advocating that. That's some sort of a strange uh, mysticism. Yeah, we don't, we're, we don't not gonna, we're not going to go in for that. No, no. grave sucking here. Um, I... and, we, and we don't condone time travel on this show because <laughs> it's too dangerous. Yeah. You get stuck in a loop. Um, I don't know, Kieran. I'm going to be honest. I feel like I should know. I feel sad inside okay. that I don't know, um, but I, okay. I, I, I can't, I cannot lie. I cannot tell a lie. I don't know the answer. That's okay, man. I, I think I would have been the same in your position, if I'm honest, probably. Uh, if I tell you that the wife's name is Abigail, does that get you there? Mm. <sighs> Abigail. Is it? What's uh, the name? This man, this man dies, and King David takes Abigail to be his wife. Does it start? Is uh, it? Na, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Abigail and you're na, almost there. Nabal, na, Nabal. Yeah. Yes. Good stuff. <sighs> Good stuff, man. How is it? I am very. I'm very proud of you, man. I think you that was excellent. You really pulled it out of the see. You did know. That's the thing. Know. That I was think a deep is cut. you did know. You just needed me to massage your brain a little bit <laughs> yeah. there to get it to uh, to get the answer to come. My out. wife's going to be so mad again. But, She'll be like, she was shouting at the at the podcast device. He doesn't know. He clearly doesn't know. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know. Well, we 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think we'd already established that you you were you didn't know that <laughs> yeah. one quite as well as the or, others. Or, yeah. I don't. For me, for me, there's no need to labor that point personally. <laughs> but <laughs> but I can understand that your wife is more competitive than I am. So nice. Well, that was fun, Kieran, and and quite difficult actually. Although you know, it was much easier with the help of the listeners. We're we're pretty tight now after well, helping me out in that game. So yeah, yeah. Well, you listeners better not help Michael too much or, uh, you know, there's going to be trouble. I'm going to have to have a word with you. Absolutely. Okay, Kieran, I wanted to talk to you today about mental health. Um, I think it's Mm. a really important subject. Uh, just to give you and our listeners a bit of background, I have had a diagnosed mental illness for uh, many years. I was diagnosed with clinical depression when I was 17. Um, I've at times had medication to help me with that, uh, but not for a number of years. Um, I'm also a qualified mental health first aider. Um, I organized uh, some mental health first aid training for my entire church leadership team. Um, and a bunch of other churches also took uh, took part in it because I think mental health and mental well-being is becoming a more and more open and wider discussed subject, which is super important. It's uh, It affects a huge number of people, and it's really important. Uh, and you are, in fact, a qualified therapist. Is that right, Kieran? Guilty as charged. Yes, I am a therapist, yeah. And also, I'll I'll throw in here, I've had my own struggles in terms of mental health uh, around anxiety. Um, yeah. Yeah. And I just wanted to talk about it because I still think that there is a huge range of opinions about mental health in the church. Um, in my church, generally speaking, we're very open and honest about mental health being a, a struggle and being an illness like many other illnesses or illnesses. Um, however, at the same time, I had a guy come on site so our church was open and he just walked into the garden and started talking to one of my colleagues and my colleague looked like he Mm. needed rescuing so I went out to speak to the guy and he had some fairly Mm. fundamentalist uh, beliefs and he put it to me that those with mental health issues and me personally only had them because of lack of faith and because of demonic stronghold and that if I had mental health issues it was probably indicative that I had uh, a recurring sin or a stronghold of sin in my life that was that was not repented. Um, so I think that that's a somewhat extreme example of what some people believe, maybe not. Um, and it obviously goes all the way through to, it has nothing to do with your faith, it has nothing to do with your spirituality. It's an illness, like any illness is an illness, and you should pray about it for strength, but ultimately, mm. you know, blah, blah, blah. So yeah, just really your opinion and on what you feel the link between spirituality and mental health is and also how Christians should best support those with mental health struggles. Sure. Well, I I think it's interesting the example you give, Michael, and uh, I'm sorry that you had to have that experience, but I'm sure you're not alone. Mm. Uh, I'm sure there'll be a bunch of our listeners and many, many other people out there who've had similar experiences. I think it's interesting to me that 
I, I think not just in church, but actually in wider society, there's a kind of moralizing that goes on about mental mm. health. Uh, and and this is I, this is happening in church, and I do see that at times. But I see it in the wider world too that there is a sense of, oh well, you've you're you're depressed. That's an attitude problem. Mm. It's some sort of character flaw on your part. And with the right amount of positive thinking, you can be non-depressed. Yeah, just snap out of it. And 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 exactly, exactly. Uh, end, end of story. And there's this kind of moralizing that goes on about it, that it's somehow uh, a, a character weakness. Mm. Uh, you or know. a choice. Um, yeah, or a choice, exactly, exactly. And I, and I think, as I say, we see that in wider culture. We definitely see it in, in church too, and I've experienced some of that as well, and I've encountered <laughs> similar mm. people. Uh, and I have, you know... Uh, friends who I love very much who are probably in their thinking on these issues go more in that direction mm. they go more in the sort of um everything is spiritual warfare and you know uh if you're struggling with depression you haven't prayed enough or or that sort of thing mm. uh interestingly I think one of the strongest counterpoints to that way of thinking comes straight from scripture. Mm. <laughs> it comes from John chapter nine, which it happens my church were looking at. We were looking at that together this morning um, when uh, Jesus and the disciples are passing the, the man born blind and the disciples ask, you know, teacher, whose who's sin caused this man to be born mm. blind, his, his or his parents? There's an immediate assumption of this guy is ill because he's yeah. bad, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, and and so yeah. and and so the disciples ask, "Well, whose whose fault is it?" And Jesus says, "You know, uh, I, I'm paraphrasing because I don't have it in front of me, but Jesus is kind of saying that this man is not ill because of his sin or his parents' sin. It's so that the glory of God might be shown through him." Yeah. Or I, I guess if I were to sort of paraphrase that, perhaps Jesus is saying that God would be glorified through this man being mm, healed. Absolutely. Yeah, it puts me in mind Which of... Which is my understanding of... Sorry, I was going to say it puts me in mind of Job's story as well, one of the oldest stories in the Bible, which is mm. these terrible things happen to Job. And he is struck down also yeah. physically with boils and lesions and skin diseases. And his friends are like, well, must have done something wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, totally. And and that seems to be a, yeah, then and now seems to be a pervasive way of thinking that I think the Bible, freak, at least in those two examples, and, and uh, I think probably others too, the Bible challenges that attitude. Yeah. The Bible challenges the attitude that uh, sickness means that you're outside of the will of God. Yeah. Um, so... Yeah, that's good. That is not the case, in my opinion, mm. and from my understanding of Scripture. Yeah, um, but I have encountered those people. Yeah, who think that? I think there has to be a balance, doesn't there? Because you can over spiritualize mm. something, and you can under spiritualize something. I think that definitely. Um, it's like the association fallacy, right? Not all, not like all horses have hooves, but not all things with hooves are horses. <laughs> like <laughs> that's just off the top of my head uh, one I can yeah. think of um, yeah. you know is there could like we believe as Christians that spiritual world is real 
you know, that the, the things we do spiritually sure. do affect us in the in the in the world, in the physical world. So the Bible says the eyes are the lamp of the soul. You know, whatever you put in will affect you on the inside. So we know that if you are watching lots of terrible things or you're reading or you're just immersing yourself in very negative places and very challenging situations if if you know that's all you're putting into yourself mm. then of course it will have an impact on you so i also don't want to under spiritualize it by saying that the things that we do in our world can't affect affect our mental health and our mental well-being mm. um mm. but whilst some spiritual things may impact our mental well-being mental illness is not the same thing like yeah spiritual things can impact mental health but not all mental illness is caused by spiritual things they are they are not the same um just so that's that's it's an association fallacy to think that if you're ill physically it's because of the spiritual if you're ill mentally it's because of the spiritual if you're in any way affected by something else it's because of the spiritual could there be spiritual components? I don't want to stand here and say that there couldn't be a spiritual component. You know, Ephesians says that we know that there are there's a war going on spiritually, but at the same mm. time, mm. I think it's definitely very dangerous and very destructive to over-spiritualize these kind of things. Um, so there has yeah. to be a balance. What do you think about that? Mm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think that the balance is absolutely key. Um, and I, I think, I certainly think that um, if if you are struggling with a mental health condition, then it is possible to exacerbate mm -hmm. that and make it worse through poor lifestyle choices. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would think very rarely is it the case that a mental health condition it comes entirely down to poor lifestyle choices. Yeah. Like I would, I, I'm not convinced that can happen yeah. or it must be incredibly rare. Yeah. I think the majority of people, the overwhelming majority are who do, are struggling with some sort of mental health condition. Uh, it is not something they brought upon themselves. Yeah. It is a result of, well, all kinds of environmental, genetic mm, absolutely. factors, economic factors. Um, the world is... A, a brutal and often lonely mm. place mm. um and i think that uh that is not any one person's fault yeah, absolutely so so to turn uh to turn mental health into something that is entirely down to an individual's choice i think is a mistake but you're absolutely right it is also um broader than that i i i think i i think in some ways the sort of secular mindset of your body is all that you are is perhaps something that we slip into as a as a way of thinking in in church mm -hmm. as well um i i i think it, it perhaps we get into a sort of separation of body and the soul or whatever aspect of us is is spiritual mm. you know and we separate those two things out and we think well you know you can't cross the streams <laughs> or these two things exist independently of of one another um but i'm not sure that that's a view that's laid out in scripture i i think that you know these things 
go together. Yeah. I'm not sure quite hard to articulate what I want to say, but do you know what I mean? <laughs> I do know what you mean. You know, we're called to love the Lord our God with all our heart and all our soul and all our strength. And, you know, it's mm. very seldom that the Bible picks us apart in these ways. Um, so, yeah, I think it's yeah. important. Yeah. I think the last thing I would say on, on a subject is simply, and it's an important thing to touch upon, you know, Kieran speaks from a certain amount of knowledge because he studied this in depth. And I speak from knowledge, which is, you know, personal, but also from having done training on a subject. And whilst I had a lot of personal experience of mm. mental illness, the training I did for two full days was extremely valuable because it's a, it's a nuanced subject. There's a big difference between diagnosed mental illness and mental health. We all have mental health. Everyone has health of their mind. And sometimes mm. you can have a low mental health and sometimes you can have high mental health without ever having had a mental health illness, a diagnosed mental illness. Um, and that's very different. And people with mental health illnesses, diagnosed illnesses, can have very high mental health and very low mental health. So it's a complete spectrum. On any one day, someone with no illness mm. might feel much lower in their mental health index than someone with a diagnosed index on their good day and vice versa. And sure. knowing this terminology and understanding where people are and understanding is really the best way. And that's why I would encourage every Christian mm. to kind of look into getting some kind of training or educating yourself. Or, And we got a Christian mental health first aider in who specializes in delivering it to churches in a pastoral context. And it was super, super valuable. Mm. And, um, you know, wherever cool. you fall on the spiritual, you know, it's something that I think is important to discuss um, and important to be a mm. conversation that people are having. So I appreciate us having it now, Kieran. Yeah. Any last thoughts? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. On only really to, to kind of echo w your last point there um, and to say, what was the thing I was going to say? Yes, I think you make a very good point about uh, that separation between having a diagnosed mental health condition and just looking after your own mental yeah. health. And I think I, I, I would encourage I would encourage our listeners uh, if if you I think it's a mistake to think that you don't need to give your mental health any attention mm. if you don't have a diagnosis of something. Um, and even things like therapy. I know I have a vested interest in, in <laughs> recommending therapy to people, but I uh, even even before I would have identified any sort of um, anxiety related condition in my life, um, I would uh, I would say that therapy has been of huge benefit to me. Um, and there are many kinds, and there are biblical counselors and all sorts of things. So you can find what what works for you in that regard. But uh, don't discount it just because you don't have a diagnosis of something. And Michael, how about we put some links in the description for anyone who perhaps has been affected by this conversation and wants to look for some additional yeah, help? Yeah, absolutely. We'll definitely put some links in where you can get some help if this is an issue you're struggling with or find out more information about getting more training. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, the last thing I would say is that, you know, self-care is important and it's 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 biblically mandated we were we're told to have sabbath rest 
that man was not made mm. for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was made for man. And, you know, God intends you to rest and look after yourself. He intends you to care for yourself physically, emotionally, spiritually. So, you know, mm. take that seriously because one of the Ten Commandments, he said to himself, knowing he needs to take a Sabbath rest more often. <laughs> Amen. Amen. With you on that, my friend. But yes, absolutely. Awesome. Well, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for downloading and listening. We really appreciate everyone who emails, everyone who leaves reviews, everyone who shares with their friends. You guys are what make this fun to do. And we just love the way that you're engaging with what we're doing. It makes us, you know, want to keep doing it. So thank you. Uh, as always, you can email us, Kieran, at... Hello at holyhalfhour.co.uk and we will be reading out some emails again in a couple of weeks' time when we are through our backlog, through our summer holidays. So it would be lovely yeah. to have a bunch to read out. Uh, maybe we'll even do an email special because I'm sure we're going to be absolutely inundated, Kieran, aren't we? <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. Well, we look forward to you listening to us and we look forward to speaking to each other next week. Until then, goodbye. Thanks, everybody. Bye. Bye.